Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, good morning. Uh, well, at least it's morning where we are. It's the 19th of September in Auckland City. Scotty and Mills with you on the Short Ball, a Rugby Pass podcast. Uh, good morning to you, Mills. Good morning, Sumo. Are we going to talk about the prison-style fisting we witnessed on Saturday night? I think we should touch on it, should we? Wow. Yeah, well, I, you know, I actually watched it again, and then I, I watched a few interviews at the end, and then I watched our show, Yeah, and I was probably a little bit harsh on uh, Alistair Kutsia when I said he needed to give himself a nappa cut. So you did say that. You I said- am. I'm, I'm going to put it out there now. I absolutely apologise for that. It's I just, just was uh, too late at night for me, and it sort of got over over me mate yeah that West Auckland and you coming out just going straight to violence yeah I no think good. yeah I know I think when, it, when he said that he can take some positives out of that I was you know I just thought what positives there is none well it was extraordinary wasn't it yeah it was an extraordinary statement to make first of all we understand he didn't want to do one at all and then he did and uh, our colleague Jamie Wall then had the misfortune of having to turn uh, attend the post-match press conference with uh, Eben Etzebeth and Alistair Kutsia, and uh, as Jamie said, basically Eben spent the entire press conference death staring everyone. Oh, really? Trying to kill them with his laser Afrikaans yeah, eyes. He would too, that, that guy. Jeepers. I was going to say that prick, but he would. He's not, he's not, he's not a prick, is he? Jeez, you are firing up today. What's happening? I'm not firing up. I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm a bit relaxed today. No, you are relaxed. I can see that. Exams must be over. We're going to give uh, Andrew Mertens a call. Uh, one of uh, the great All Black First Fives and raconteurs of the game, and uh, a man who watched that. And was as stunned as we were, I think, Milzy, at the result. Hey, Ruru, can you can you give me about three minutes? What do you mean? I'm calling you live on a podcast. <laughs> hey, look, I know enough to know what a podcast means. What, you want me to call you back? <laughs> can you? Yeah, of course I you're can. You're sitting on the dunny, aren't you? You are, aren't you? Are you doing your number twos when you're supposed to be talking Wait, to us? Are you on your silly postrophily <laughs> uh, bed? Now, now you're just making fun of an old man. We're not live, are we? <laughs> yeah, we're live on the podcast. Oh, let's do it then. Oh, perfect. What do you What do you need three minutes for? Explain yourself. Oh, I'm just getting organised in the morning. I'm in Sydney, you see, so I'm not particularly well organised morning person. But you, you, you were... might be surprised, Millsy. We've toured briefly together, and I know you thought I was probably one of the more organised and professional members of the outfit. But yeah, <laughs> you're a tough nice. one in the mornings for me. Are you under control now, Anaru? Are you under control? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you work all, in finance. All, all Your hours don't matter. The clock's always ticking. He's just rolling. That's right. The it's all about. It's all about relationships. That's that's right. You, I mean, you're getting ready at eight o'clock Sydney time to go to lunch. I think you've got four hours to get yourself together. Okay. 
Oh, my God. I'm sure you know you don't go straight to lunch. There's a morning tea to be had first and possibly a late <laughs> breakfast. And if you can run them all together, then ideal. Mertz, let's talk about Saturday night. Uh, you and no, I. No, let's not. Yeah, no, let's. Because we both, you and I both were wrong. We both thought that the South Africans were a show and uh, they weren't. Explain to us what you saw in the game. Well, you know what, as you say, we were wrong, but I think we were sort of right in a way because I certainly thought that uh, South Africa would pose us a very, very serious threat, more so than Argentina or Australia. And I think the All Blacks felt that too. So I suspect their preparation during the week was uh, was lifted a notch from what they'd been previously because their performance was amazing. Um, disappointing from the South Africans, I think, but also that, that reflects the, the pressure that was put on them um, by the All Blacks and, and Steve Hansen summed it up when uh, he was interviewed pre-match and I think Ian Smith said oh you know wh- what do you feel about the, the Springboks rush defence and, and Shag said well you know they've got to cope with ours as well <laughs> so um, they got up and they, they hit them hard and, and gee the skills that they showed throughout when they got the slightest opportunity to, to hurt the box were, were impressive weren't they well, I, got a, I got a text from uh, Wayne Smith uh, who you both know very very well and he said I finally discovered the secret to defence which is to give them no set piece ball uh, Millsy uh, you and Mertz might want to have a discussion about line outs and scrums because oh. you're both great proponents of those areas of the game oh, and Mertz as, as you know mate when, whenever you play the South Africans you know they're going to come out and drive the crap out of the forwards and it's not the very good day so when it started raining the morning of the of the test match I thought oh here we go they're going to get right into the boys but then mate I was, were you as, as surprised as, as I was to see or, or was it a case of Romano you know there's talk that's come out now that Romano was uh, the tactician and, and how they sort of defended the lineouts and things but South Africa was just so poor you know what, what was your thoughts yeah. on that mate? Mate, well, I, look, I, it's a very, very impressive figure that marks he cuts uh, you know he's a huge, huge man he's a beast he, you know, if you want to design a rugby forward, no matter what position in the pack, you'd start with him. And I don't think you'd go a lot further, would you? But couldn't get a throw right. And, and there, you know, Millsy as, as well as I do, well, better than I do, I'd, I'd imagine. There are a lot of moving parts in those lineouts, but certainly the All Blacks had worked out uh, a tactic and, and obviously identified where the, where the South Africans go to as their default sort of throws. And, and they picked them off. We've got world-class uh, lineout exponents. I, I just think it's a bit of a shame. I mean, there's an elephant in the room there with, with South Africa and Millsy, you played a lot later than I did, so you've probably seen more of it than, than I did. But you know, their selection policies, unfortunately, somebody's got to say it, um, they're not conducive to creating um, a, a merit-based team um, and the prestige that goes along with knowing that that you and your mates are the best in their positions That's in the right. country. And you know, unfortunately, they're not going to get consistency of performance until they. Uh, until they change their, their attitude at the top level of the social engineering that di- dictates their selections. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, they've come out. They come out before the test and said the culture is fantastic. You know, we're built building on guys really wanting to uh, do well for the Springbok jersey. But how can you actually have a culture when there's still that element of thinking? Well, we've still got to pick certain players of uh, well of, of colour, and then so how can you build on that culture? And as you say. You know, it's got to start at the top. You know, you, when you're sitting there with, beside someone that you know, and, you know, players will, will say, yeah, it's a happy, happy as Larry sort of environment, but you know he's, there's a guy sitting on the bench that's better than him. Well, hang on. In fairness, I mean, the All Blacks have always had a policy that you've got to pick at least four white boys out of Canterbury. So um, surely it's the same thing. Oh, Canterbury do the same thing, don't well, they? Traditionally, there's, yeah, there's not a lot else down there, is there, to be fair, traditionally. <laughs> Where do they go from here? And I'm here? thankful for that. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Nothing's wrong. Certain people have had a great fact, career based with, on that quota. 
Well, when I was on the team, I was so white, there were only two other guys alongside me that had to be picked. I was that white. So I counted for two. Where do they go from here, mate? Because, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're known for winding up South Africans in your time with uh, the double bird, uh, which was still one of the greatest moves I've ever seen from you on a footy field. But, look, they're obviously gutted, and they're a pretty fanatical fan base over there. So uh, what do you make of their chances over the coming weeks in terms of getting a result over either Australia or uh, over the All Blacks? Oh, I think they'll be a different beast at home, and, and you know Mills will know that uh, when they do lose, they get they get slagged off pretty uh, pretty solidly. Um, so they'll be copying that for a couple of weeks, and they'll be smarting, and they'll want to put in a better performance. And you know they showed enough against Australia and against uh, Argentina to to show that they've got you know they have got plenty of firepower. Um, it's just putting it together consistently and up against a team as good as the All Blacks, they weren't able to do that. But when you look at their locking stocks, you know, Mostert and Detroit and uh, and Diaga and Itzabeth, ah, you know, they're world ah, class. All amongst the top 10 yeah. probably locks in the world, yeah. big, strong, physical guys. So, you know, you've got players like that. They, yeah, they'll, look, teams have bad games, and if the team, if the team has a, a bad day against the All Blacks and the All Blacks are on song, then that sort of a score, unfortunately, is going to happen. And I'm expecting a different beast when they're back in the Republic. The one thing that we talk about so often in the game these days is that collision area, uh, Mertz, and, uh, you know, when you, you talk about those big boys in that South African team, the likes of Itzabeth and Mostert, Sia Khaleesi, I don't think there was a moment in the game where they won a single collision. And, you know, everything else comes out of that for the All Blacks in terms of getting front football or putting them on the back foot so their defensive line can get up. Why is it that they couldn't win that gain line area of the game. Is that an attitude issue? Is it a coaching issue? Or did they just come up a team uh, against a team that was so intent on destroying them that they had no power against them? Well, I think that last point is, is, is the key, isn't it? Now, Mills, you, you'll know better because I'm sure you're at the game. I wasn't. But uh, did the All Blacks just look massively more intense on, on carrying the ball and on their, their defence than, than they had in the previous weeks or what? Because it seemed it from watching it on telly. Yeah, I just think they won the breakdown. You know, they won the game, the, the battle of, you know, obviously it came from the set piece. You know, they had a good solid set piece, but then they won that breakdown then that perhaps they quite didn't get right against the Argentinians. So their clean out, their decision making was, was a whole heap better. And But I was actually quite, what I, the bits that I was impressed about was the actual back three. You know, McKenzie started a little bit slow, you know, he dropped a high ball. Uh, Nehemiah Scudder coming um, coming back into some nice form, but Rico Ioane, man, has he been? Hasn't he been a sensation? You know, yeah. the, 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 what he's produced over the last few weeks has been, oh, yeah, no, magical, really impressive. Mertz, what do you make of Bowden Barrett's game? Because uh, he'd come under a bit of pressure over the last few weeks as well in terms of his game management. Did you think that that was a lot better in this game? Yeah, he was. He was really clean, wasn't he? I mean, it's 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 probably hard. Um, for a guy as, as good as Barrett is to get everything in line every game. You know, he's got that amazing running game that we know. When he drops back to fullback he, and, and has some space, you know, he can really, really hurt teams. As we know, he's got goal kicking and his goal kicking was good, obviously. Um, but, you know, putting those all together is is, is pretty tough, I'm sure, for, um, like I say, for a guy of his talent. But, uh, yeah, he was good and, and it was a, a function of the team performance. Listen, a little bit chicken and egg I think for a 10 you know sometimes how much is his good performance contributing to the team's good performance and vice versa so you know both sort of fed off one another but um, certainly they were on the front foot and, and that always helps but just those nice little touches the flick pass from uh, from Bodie to uh, to Nihinil Nascada was fantastic some skills from the forwards and that try I love that try from uh, from Brody with Talek when you just oh, see massive. 
when you wind it back and just see the big man just striding out and getting <laughs> up there. And then, you know, it wasn't just Brody Retallick. There were four or five around him at that yeah. stage that all could have scored the try. So, yeah, it was it was exhilarating to watch at times. And like I say, a little bit sad for South Africans, but uh, I just hope they bounce back. Can't, can't let you go, Mertz, without touching on the Wallabies. Uh, at a half-full Canberra Stadium, uh, which is pretty disappointing for them. Uh, maybe that's got something to do with the opposition and real lack of history between those two nations. But... Uh, still, mate, they, they got the win. Has that done anything to uh, assuage the current mood in Australian rugby? Yeah, well, they needed it. Um, everyone was saying they needed a, a, a result. Um, just to, I don't know, try and get a little bit of, bit of momentum maybe. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough trip for them coming up. I'm sure Argentina will be targeting the Wallabies of the, all the three teams that they get to host in, uh, in Buenos Aires or in Argentina, they'll be targeting that one as the one they can really win. So, you know, it's going to be a tough tour for the Australians, but they, they needed that. Um, on the back of having played in, in Perth and, the you know, the forced public getting out and about and, and, and sort of not trying to show support rather than be anti-ARU. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they're the, they're the start of, uh, of something a little bit more positive in Australian rugby. Perfect, Mertz. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Uh, best of luck getting ready for your lunch, uh, morning tea, dinner combination tonight. Cheers, boys. Nice to chat. Looking forward to Tauranga in about uh, 11 days, is it? I'll see you there, boy. <laughs> nice, Mertz. See you, mate. Andrew Cheers, Mertz. guys. Thank you. See ya. Andrew Mertz out of Sydney, uh, the great man. And uh, look, I think when I spoke to Mertz about coming on the podcast today, you know, it was genuine surprise, that scoreline. And you guys have both been involved in all black teams that have put in great performances and, and possibly surprised yourselves with, with how uh, the result was put together. But th- that was incredible for me on Saturday night. And, and again, I go back to the point we raised in that conversation that I've never seen a Springbok team uh, so submissive in the contact area. Yeah. And, and I can't put my finger on why. All the chat, and I'd spoken to a couple of members of the squad, to Matt Pearce, who travels with the team as, as a commentator for Supersport. Everyone talked about how positive they were, how encouraging their growth had been, mm. the relationships mm. within the team. You guys both talked about uh, the race-based selections, but that hadn't been mentioned <clears throat> within the side. Yep. And in fact, guys like Sia Colisi and, and Eben Etzebeth, you know, are best of friends mm. from those two very disparate backgrounds. Mm. Uh, so I just cannot put my finger on why it was that they were so submissive in that game. Well, I think the All Blacks done a great job in preparing for this game. You know, tactically and the, the you know, what they took into that this game, you know, they've obviously thought, well, okay, let's just try and, and nut out everything that South Africans do. What are their strengths? Well, the biggest strengths is their set piece. Mm. You know, you nullify that. And they didn't nullify it. They dominated it. They, they dominated their set piece. They dominated their lineouts, which gives the South African um, a little bit of sort of uh, motivation and, and hype. And when that was taken away from them, yeah. you know, that perhaps, you know, um, killed their confidence. And then they weren't be, weren't able to win that physicality, which mm. they are known to be, um, be able to do. What I was surprised about, and, you know, over the years, we've been given hidings as well, 50, 50 odd points by the, the Springboks. But the surprising bit for me was the nil. You know, yeah. they, they they didn't even get themselves into the start the beginning of the game where they could actually kick some threes. And or, they were lucky to get nil. Exactly. So, I think um, you know, disappointed and, and surprised about the outcome, but um, wonderful All Black performance and very surprised at how it was the nil. Thirty six kicks in the game from the All Blacks. Mm. Everyone talks about the running game, scoring tries. We had said, I think last week on the podcast, that we might expect a little more kicking. Yeah. It's exactly what they did to the Springboks in 2015 in the World Cup because they know 
they are not going to score tries from depth. No. 36 kicks. That was 22 more kicks than they put in against Argentina. Yeah. I think they went in with a genuine plan to say to the Springbok back three, go on. Yeah, have a crack have at a us. Crack. Yeah, and they, we'll, we'll trust our chase. Yeah, absolutely. And they did. And uh, variety, that was the key. You know, the, at the beginning, they put a few 28 metre kicks up, contestable. Uh, a couple of kicks, you know, ended up scoring. And so, yeah. you know, kick to, to regather. Um, Aaron Smith played uh, an awesome game. That, that, that quick tap and then the little the dink over the um, for, for Ioane's try. Um, the one out wide where Bowden sort of uh, the cross kick. And yeah. so, you know, that, 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 that 10 point. Um, the ten point kicks, yeah, and so they varied their kicks, and they had a lot of guys that were um, were finding space. I was impressed with uh, McKenzie, you know, who, who often sort of came was uh, you know counter attacking over the last couple of weeks. He found some space. So, and again, putting pressure on the South African set piece, and and then dominating it. And so, you know, when you do that to a, a big South African team, they're going to lack in confidence. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing you know skills like the basic skills of throwing you know two deep over, over a line out. I mean, th- those are basic things Mate, in South African rugby. Marks could not have hit the ocean if he was standing on the beach. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, no. it, was, it was average. You know, what about friend of the show too, Wyatt Crockett coming on in the last 30 minutes? You know, we all thought he was a bit unlucky not to get the test start. Mm. I think we got an idea of why they kept him on the bench. Yeah. He absolutely savaged the South African scrum. Yeah, I mean, and, and there was one time, and the, uh, there was one scrum, you know, that Nigel Owen had sort of called them aside um, himself and um, his opposite and said, look, um, you've got to say, stay up. And he did, you know, and then yeah. he, he, he nailed him. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's why, you know, the other coaches are, we're not, mate. Yeah, well, that's true. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Speaking of which, uh, selecting two squads. Uh, so Sam Kane, Brody Retellick, Sam Whitelock, Bowden Barrett all get a rest mm-hmm. uh, for the game against Argentina. Okay, I can understand we've got depth in New Zealand rugby. I can understand they're trying to build even more depth in New Zealand rugby. Uh, what signal does that send to the Argentinians about uh, how they are treating this game in Buenos Aires when you are leaving behind six of your starters mm. for the first leg of this uh, of this tour? Um, because if I was an Argentinian, I would be looking at that and thinking, oh, yeah? <laughs> is that right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a hard one because, you know, we've, they've done it in the past. You know, they even did it when... Um, when I was playing, but you have to keep growing these guys. You know, yeah. you've seen Fafita; he's come out of the, um, when he played the Argentinians. So, yes, it is going to be a challenge, but it's it's an expectation now. You know, put that expectation on these guys that are going into that jersey, the guys that and um, that have uh, that have been rested. You know, 
these guys now that are filling their spots have got an expectation to step up to that market and you've got to do that you've, yep. you've, uh, you know there's no other way to be able to sort of breed the the, the newer guys into um, the, the expectation of test match rugby and, and I think um, it can look like it's a, it's disrespectful but in terms of the way the All Blacks are going it's got to be done well, Luke Romano likely to get a start against Argentina again. I thought he was great. He's had some raps in the press. In fact, we wrote about him a couple of weeks ago in Rugby Pass and the work he'd done line-out-wise during the Rugby World Cup, and that's come to the fore again uh, on Saturday night. Um, I, I think the return of Jerome Kano is going to be scrutinised mm-hmm. fairly heavily, and also, uh, and we need to mention it, the return of Patrick Tuipolotu. Yes. Um, Patrick had a pretty tough year in terms of not making the team to play the Lions because of an off-field indiscretion. He had had the uh, the failed drug test, uh, which he was then cleared of, exonerated by his B sample, which you know, stunned everyone. Um, so this is a big opportunity for Paddy Tuipolotu yeah. to get back in the All Blacks and say, I'm, I'm still a part of this. Good decision from the All Black selectors to get these guys back in, given the fact that each has had a bit of an emotional roller coaster over the last six mm. to eight months. Yeah, I, I think so. And you know, classic cases, uh, Patrick. I'm, I'm glad he's back in there yeah. because he's an exceptional player. Um, you know, strong. I mean, you, you're seeing what he's doing in um, uh, the uh, ITM Cup at the moment, and um, physicality-wise, and so. Um, and has has had a little bit of adversity, you know. Obviously, the drug thing wasn't was clearly um, not his fault, but missing out in the Lions was pretty big. Um, mm. Kaino coming back into it as well, and so it, it gives them a chance to um, bring these guys back in to an environment that's probably away from New Zealand. So they will be it will be scrutinised here, but at least it gives them a chance to get away from New Zealand and just be able to sort of focus on the game rather than the outside influences. It will what would actually occur if they were to to be back in the team in New Zealand. Exactly right. First of October. The All Blacks will face Argentina. That's in winner series. And then the following week in South Africa. And, of course, the uh, third dead rubber, the Bledisloe in Brisbane. Uh, I think the Australians won't be considering that a dead rubber. A win against the All Blacks for the Australians later on this month would, or in October, should I say, I think would go a long way to, uh, to cheering them up. But we return to the domestic footy here on the short ball today, Millsy. Uh, and uh, Jamie Wall has made me promise I'll talk about Wellington. Um, <laughs> mate, 60 to 14 against wow. Canterbury. I know. Wow. Yeah. How about um, Amora on. on uh, yeah. Yeah. How about Amora? Should we just spend the next oh. 10 minutes talking about a Safo Amora? Oh, mate. I, I'm, I, I don't think I've ever seen an, in an out like that before. No, from not from a hooker. I mean, I mean, I've seen I mean, Dane Coles do some great things, right? Yeah. And we've seen Jimmy Parsons score an intercept try from, uh, he'll say 65, but 45. Yeah, I'll give him 45. Asafo Almua takes the ball and straight up, straight up embarrasses a fullback and scores. Yeah, well, you, as a fullback, you're expecting, okay, I'm just going to try and muscle up here because he's going to run over me. But... <laughs> To have that done and in and out, and you're thinking, oh, shucks, now I'm looking at ankle tapping. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd be looking at ankle tapping right from the very beginning, but to be down on the outside. Yeah, you're not, you're not lining up on that guy. Oh, there's no way, mate. So, man, it is, he's destined for bigger things. Oh, you know, he, Isn't there's he no though? doubt. There's no doubt about that. So let's hope we don't lose him. Hey? We can't lose him, surely. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He knows he's an all-black and waiting, doesn't he? Well, I think they will. Man, I'd like to see them take him on the end of the he's year He's got to go on the end of the year. Mate, if you're good enough, you're old enough. They've oh. taken apprentices before. Even if he gets the apprentice gig, he's got to go. He's got to I go. mean, just you know, to, 
to say to the public, yeah, we know he's a star. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take him under our wing. I know they're very cautious about an, anointing the next generation of potential superstars in the game. But, it, I mean, this kid is out now. He is a freak show. Oh, man. We've it, spoken about him so much. But, I mean, crazy. Well, we've spoken about him so much because he's yeah, the only he one that right. he stands out. You know, he's, 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 he's standing out big time. And so, but I was disappointed with Canterbury. I mean, pff, they made a lot of changes um, going, going into this game. Um, and... You know, we talked. We spoke about physicality um, in terms of the the All Blacks uh, Test match, but you know, didn't didn't Wellington show that? Hey, they'll, they'll, no, they man. were good. I mean, we did the game. Uh, was, I was certainly down at Blenheim last weekend when uh, Wellington got handed their first loss by the Tasmanians, mm. and uh, I, I was not expecting that result. Not in my wildest dreams. But you know, what a great effort, Chris Gibbs, who you know, uh, has. I don't know what he's done down there, but it is working. Rodney Soyalo involved as well, mm. Andre Bell. That coaching group just seems to have wrangled this team and said, right, cut the nonsense, we, we start again. And yep. boy, are they tearing the place apart. Oh, they are. And, and Gibbo's he's a great man. And he, he he loves getting amongst his forwards and sort of getting them barred up for, for big occasions. So, and he has. He's turned them around and, and sort of hardened them up, hardened them well. And, and a lot of them have come out of the Hurricanes as well. They've sort of lifted their game from that. Mm. But, um, you know, uh, Bell, who's... He's, Tactically, very sound, and guys um, generally like him pretty good. And, and Rodney, with all his experience, so they've got a, a, a kind of a complete package there, really. So there's some really good stuff coming out of the, um, you know, at the Wellington line. So it's kind of opened things up. And North Harbour are looking quite pretty at the moment, leading into this game now. Then, well, they're... I'm glad you brought them up. Two thirty p.m. Uh, Saturday, the 23rd of September, New Zealand time. North Harbour taking on Canterbury, and. Uh, this could well be the game of the round. Mm. Uh, two premiership teams at the top of the table in the premiership. Of course, Wellington playing in the championship. So that win over Canterbury, while wonderful for Wellington, yeah, uh, won't have a bearing ultimately uh, on who can win the premiership. These two teams, though, North Harbour and Canterbury, certainly uh, would be fencing themselves in the finals. We're already at week six. Uh, there's not long to go. Uh, I think Harbour would have seen that Wellington game and now will be thinking to themselves... Well, they're not as in, as invincible as everyone thinks. Yeah, I mean, a couple of big wins, you know, against counties in Southland, and you're thinking, well, you know, this this Canterbury team is could possibly will possibly go all the way. Yeah, speaking of, how do you put 156 <laughs> points on in two games and then get dusted by 60 the following week? Oh, <laughs> welcome to the Mitre 10 <laughs> Cup. Exactly. Tell you what, you'd be tough to make a buck at the tab on this competition. <laughs> North Harbour, led by James Parsons, of course. Uh, you know, when you talk about teams that are undergoing some sort of resurgence, uh, you spoke about Chris Gibbs in Wellington, Tom Coventry at Harbour. Mm. By all accounts, uh, his work with the pack especially yeah. ha has been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, are, are we going back to basics here and saying to win this competition, you first of all just need to muscle up up front? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the, old, it's the adage, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I think you do. And, and I think... It is old. It is old school, but it's all the fundamentals, you know. If you win the battle up front and and a physical and winning the contact and things, the chances of winning are quite high. And so, you know, again, um, you know, you got someone like Tom, and I had a good good yarn with um, with Chip after our show uh, in the weekend, and he was saying, you know, that the boys absolutely love him. You know, yeah. the, the little things that he brings, um, the little sort of um, bit of knowledge that he gives to the boys is, um, is they've sort of fed off it. So, you know, Harbour going good gun. So it's it's good, great to see. Can we talk about Matt Vyinger? Yeah. I reckon the most underrated player going at the moment yeah. in Mitre 10 Cup. Yeah, everyone's talking about Tavita Lee on one wing and this guy here and that guy there, but Matt Vyinger and, and Matt Duffy another. Yeah. Matt Vyinger in the midfield for North Harbour has been an absolute weapon all season long. 
I don't think this kid's even got a contract for Super Rugby. Yeah, I heard he hasn't. So oh, there's no doubt in my eyes he should be getting a contract somewhere. I mean, um, particularly against, I think it was the Auckland game where he was just dominating. He sort of stole a ball and I think uh, Tavita Lee ended up scoring. Yeah. Um, so defensively, he's um, you know he's, he's aligned with his players on the inside and the outside. But on, on attack, man, is he, he's setting guys like you know, Tavita Lee um, and, and, and Duffy out. You know, he's setting them up. Um, and last week, scoring a try against the Tunny Fars. I want to talk about it. <laughs> it was don't a good try. It don't bring it, it up. It was a good try. We were sitting there thinking he's not going to keep up. that. He's not going to have that intercept. And all of a sudden, finished it off. So I um, definitely underrated. And I'm, I'm hopeful that he's... Um, if I was the coach, I'll be picking him straight away. Sorry, mate. You lost me there when you started talking about the Tunny Far <laughs> going down. Did you say something? Well, the Tunny Far going all right. Mate, that ain't good. I don't want to talk about last weekend. I've had Stephen Bates in my ear. I've had uh, all the Harbour boys have come out. You know, they know how I feel about the Tanifa. Oh, there's no sympathy there. Where's the empathy? You know, I don't bag anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my oysters? What? Where are my oysters? What? Mate, did, did, did you smell that? Where are my oysters? It smelled like bull crap. Yeah, fair enough. Hawks Bay uh, got dusted again by Counties Monaco. They're going to take on Taranaki uh, this weekend. I don't hold out a lot of hope for them at McLean Park. Mm. Millsy, I think. It's just one of those years for the Magpies. They've been beset with injuries. I think uh, they've used 37 players yeah, now. Yeah, a lot of players. Uh, so far in, in the Mitre 10 Cup. Uh, you know, no coach can really get over that level of disruption in his team, but I really feel for them. And, and last week, I, you know, I was calling the game against Counties Monaco. Both teams were guilty of it. I, I wouldn't have done the second half if I was going to scratch my eyes out any more than I already had in the first. Yeah. There was a basic skill level missing, and, and I, I really felt... Uh, for Hawks Bay because every time they looked like they were going to produce something, someone would drop the ball, the pass would go behind a player. You know, it was so scrappy. And it, it reeked to me of a team that is just trying so hard to right the ship. And yeah. the harder they try, the worse, the worse it, it looks. Yeah, and that's one of the hard things. I think the biggest thing that can hinder your team's performance is injuries. And when you're talking about changing 37 players, and particularly in a, a province that's so small, you know, yeah. they're, 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 you know, they're scratching at getting depth. And so... But you, you got to give credit to them. You say, you know, as you say, they're trying and they're trying their hearts out. And unfortunately, you know, as we say, the harder you try, the worse it can can get. So it's it's just gonna it's just one of those years. Now they're just gonna have to try and regroup and um, you know, hopefully in, in the back of their mind, start planning for next year. And, and they don't have a bit of bad luck. Can we talk about mascots for a second? Which one? The, the Tasman Markle Shark Man has no eyes. What? There's no eyes. It's just like dead shark eyes. They're just holes. Oh, is he blind? If you're going to go to the trouble of making a full Markle head for your mascot, surely eyes are fundamental. <laughs> I tell you one mascot. You just that, look straight through them. There's nothing there. I tell you one mascot that stood out over the weekend. Steely Dan. No. Which one? Well, the guy that got TV coverage for his sponsors or he, he was up in uh, Farharay, mate. What's the... What's the, what's the uh, oh, Tony the Tony Fart. That's the one, Oh, mate. biggest post-match interview pest of all time. <laughs> Every time there's a post-match interview, the Tony's just creeping behind like an absolute mate, stalker. He, he got good, a good five minutes mate, He's got on the all-cars on his shield. Yeah, There's mate. a plug for your all-cars. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. he's right in amongst it. Mate, he's, 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 if you're wanting to get your, your, your um, business out there, he's the man to talk Tony to. Tony the Tony Fart shield, it, I reckon one of the great advertisers spots in our game That's it. Uh, the Hirabana Spudman though <laughs> making an appearance again this season and uh, I did say he's the greatest anthropological uh, you're still root- getting free spuds aren't you yeah anthropomorphic <laughs> root vegetable in the game I was corrected by a uh, by a, uh, a horticulturalist technically not a root vegetable it's a tuber oh, it's not a root root no, vegetable it's a tuber a tuber a potato is a tuber 
So he's the only tuber mascot in rugby. Can I, can I ask what a tuber is? Yeah, a tuber is a potato. Oh, okay. So, well, it's oh. a type of thing that grows in a, on a root, obviously. I don't know. I failed bio. You're sure. failing chemistry. We're even. <laughs> <laughs> We're even. We're even, We're even. <laughs> Finally, on the mascot stakes, uh, I do want to talk about Steely Dan. Uh, Steely Dan's <laughs> head is enormous. And uh, also, he was on the cones on Sunday afternoon. On the cones? Yeah, I don't know why Steely Dan was walking around uh, Ecolite Stadium with a road cone. But Steely Dan does not need to be on the cones. Mate. He's entertaining enough without getting on the cones. Steely Dan better be careful because that goat that was there on the, on the weekend. Gary the goat. There's another Gary one. Gary the goat. Gary yeah. the goat's up there. It used to be Poppy the goat and then Poppy died or was killed. I don't know which. Uh, but they haven't got Gary a New County's Monaco jersey yet. Oh, Gazza. Yeah, Gazza the goat. Gazza the goat. Well, <laughs> well you go. If, if Steely Dan's still on those cones, mate, you better be careful. Gary the goat will be down there. Exactly. Gary the goat's got a stump. Oh, they need to get Gary a jersey. I'm very upset that Gary doesn't have his own county's Monaco jersey. No, During the Great Shield era, Poppy the Goat would be on her stump in a county's Monaco oh, jersey. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The only live goat mascot in our game. Only? Yeah, the only live goat mascot. Only live anything, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, didn't they? Taranaki used to have an actual bull. Actually, but there was some oh, they drama did. They did, eh? And they still ride horses around, around the Crusaders. But in Mitre 10 Cup, I think that's what we lack. Maybe we need more live animal mascots. I can see a stag coming out for the old... Can't you? Yeah. Just running an old 18-pointer out onto the middle of the field and letting it go. What, what about the Aucklanders, the seagull? You can imagine, though, if you rolled a live stag out onto Rugby Park <laughs> before a Southland game, everyone would leave, get in their cars, pull out a shotgun and take <laughs> oh, shots okay, at it. They would, actually. They would hunt it for the backstraps. <laughs> you can't have a live stag mascot around Rugby Park. Oh, we'll work on this. I mean, Auckland's got a seagull, too. Can we just can we discuss Auckland's mascot issue at the moment? They've got an identity crisis. They have yeah. a potato, they have a they have a seagull, and they have a sky tower. What, what happened to the? Uh, oh no, they, I was going to say yeah, Harbour Masters. Oh, and they've uh, got a house like Barfoot and something like the house. Yes. It's just a like a guy. Well, just I was going like to say house. like who the the spud isn't it? Isn't that counties? Yeah, but the Herobana family are based in counties, but they sponsor Auckland. Oh, okay. Yeah, long time, so, long time fans. Uh, what's who's your, who's your mascot? Spudman. What, the Auckland? Yeah. What happened to the seagull? No, they've still got the seagull, and they've got a potato. Have they got a sky And city? they've got a sky tower, and they've got a house. Oh, okay, shucks. They've won one game, <laughs> and they've got four hey. mascots. <laughs> that's an issue. Don't you think that's an issue? I mean, at County's Monaco, you've got Steely Dan. Yeah. In Southland, you've got the stag. There's just one, right? Right. In, in Waikato, you've got Mulu. In Bay of Plenty, you've got Steamy. Oh. Well, I don't maybe know maybe it represents is. the different parts of Auckland they're from. Barford and Thompson, Central, Real Estate. Oh, Sky City, yeah, it's, it's conflicting, isn't it? Yeah, it is conflicting. I've got an issue here. We better round out the short ball today uh, while we get to grips with this current mascot crisis in Mitre 10 Cup. But all the action, of course, on rugbypass.com. This weekend, get amongst it. Uh, it all starts with a Wednesday night Bay of Plenty taking on Southland from Rotorua International Stadium. Otago will play Auckland. Manawatu will lose to the Tanifa. North Harbour take on Canterbury. Waikato, Wellington, Hawke's Bay, Taranaki. Bay of Plenty back in action against Counties Monaco. And they round out the weekend with the Mako taking on the Stags from Trafalgar Park in Nelson. I've been Sumo. He's been Mills. This has been The Short Ball. Enjoy the footy this weekend. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.